Hey, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to mark your calendars. June 18th, 2022, right here in the state of Virginia, ladies and gentlemen, is the annual Virginia Bigfoot Conference. It's taking place in Stanton, Virginia at the Holiday Inn and Conference Center. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you got to mark your calendars. Tickets are on sale right now, and we are accepting vendors. And vendor spaces are very limited because they are filling up very fast. Vendor spaces are $75. Tables are provided, electric hookups, and it's all indoors. If you want to be a part of that event, feel free to check out www.vabigfootcon.com or message me at ecbro98 at gmail.com. It's going to be a time you don't want to miss. We do have speakers lined up. They will be announced January of 2022. So again, don't hesitate. The time is upon us. Mark your calendars, and we hope to see you there. Again, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a great time. And uh, there's so much more coming ahead in 2022. We will be sure to make those announcements, and we hope you... Uh, come on out and be a part of these events I mean I can't tell you how much positive feedback we've gotten each and every time we have an event uh, people wish it wasn't going to end so uh, just come check it out it'll be worth your time by Daniel Benoit wildlife and Bigfoot researcher as one who grew up in nature as a child, playing and hunting with my father, I became quite familiar with wildlife. As the years went by, the thought of Bigfoot wasn't anything I ever dwelt on or thought of. But I had heard of Bigfoot and had that information in the back of my mind. It wasn't until seeing the Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin footage sighting that happened over on the West Coast in Bluff Creek, California. With that footage being analyzed by professionals, set my curiosity struck. From this inspiration, a great interest grew into a strong passion, a love for research dedicated to Sasquatch. I started off as an independent investigator. Soon others took notice of my work. During the rise of public interest in sightings of Sasquatch, the subject was becoming more open and widely known among the public, yet was not accepted at the time of truth. I soon learned after conducting my own research that a much larger community of researchers existed. These individuals were dedicated to the study and discussion of Bigfoot. This community was found on social media, hidden from most non-believers and skeptics. It was quite quiet to protect individuals, their identities and reputations against the mockery and ridicule of the closed-minded, the unaware, the misinformed, the uninterested in discovering the truth. As an independent investigator, I soon began researching the theories that many had developed which were floating around on the web. I went forward with a very open mind, believing that anything is possible. Believing that anything is possible, especially in dealing with the unknown. My awareness was open more broadly. My senses were alerted. I became more in touch with nature as I explored in greater depth the possibility of Bigfoot being a real creature. I began to pay special attention to the known wildlife around me. I started noting behaviors and patterns of different wildlife in the effort to discover how the wildlife lived. 
observation of odd structures associated with the presence of Sasquatch became known. And the world around me opened even more. This marked the beginning of my personal discoveries. I developed a passion for wildlife, tracks, habitats, and behaviors. Add to the discovery of huge, unknown humanoid bipedal tracks. Throughout my early field research came many more findings of larger tracks in deeply remote locations along the East Coast. With my senses more keenly developed and my mind more in tune to the world around me, an awareness of forest sounds was heightened. I took notice of the sounds of all known wildlife species around me as well as recognized various sounds of the unknown. In preparation for my field research, I included studies compared all known wildlife, both foreign and domestic. The more I studied, I was able to match the known species with their sounds and behaviors. For example, the great apes, they're well known by the world. The public is aware of the appearance of these primates, more specifically non-human primates. They display behaviors similar to the behaviors of the animals we refer to as Bigfoot or Sasquatch in North America. They're known to make long howls for various reasons, whoops, and tree knocks. In the Sasquatch world, we all have a lot of theories, but until they are proven, we can't say for sure anything that will convince the scientific community that Bigfoot exists. What we can say for sure is only our own personal experiences. We know they happened. I think it's safe to say that Sasquatch is in the primate family. Science just hasn't yet figured out which branch of the tree Sasquatch belongs on or will shake out of a next. Overall, it's safe to say that science doesn't accept the, uh, the possibility of Sasquatch. However, over the years, science has stepped up and science is now getting involved. There's a lot of behind the scenes that the world does not know about, but it's coming to light little by little. I think it's safe to say that Sasquatch... Okay, again, uh, we just said that. Uh, of course, when I say um, as far as Sasquatch being in the primate family, I'm very careful when I say this and share this information. Because there's people that believe that he is ape. There's people that believe that he is human. Well, you have to look at this scientifically, regardless if you believe in science or not. Scientifically speaking, us, we're humans. We're considered human primates. Chimpanzees, baboons, gorillas, and so forth are considered non-human primates. Make a note of that, ladies and gentlemen. Make a note of that and keep that in your mind. My territory in which I do research is so vast, it is a large area to cover. Still, I like small groups when, when it comes to taking groups out to go camping and exploring. When we spread out for a field research expedition, we can stay in touch with our radio communication. If we hear a tree knock, a whoop, we could check back with the other team to make sure it wasn't coming from one of them. It'll take seeing to believe with, for a lot of people, and that's fine. I wasn't a believer in Noah before anything ever happened to me. I think for anyone who does the right research and looks hard enough and dedicates some time to figuring out the truth, the pieces of the puzzle are going to begin to come together. Some things may not make sense to a few people, 
But if they keep looking and keep pushing, the pieces will eventually fall in place. There's a lot about nature that people think they know, but there's a lot more than people realize. I encourage everybody to get out there. Go camping. Go exploring. Go hiking. Just get out. Enjoy nature. Take the time to be observant. It's very important. It's very educational out there. When they find out what I do, I've had hunters tell me, well, I've been in the woods all my life. I've never seen anything like a Bigfoot. The truth is, they're out in the woods hunting a specific species. They're not out there exploring and looking for the potential evidence that's associated with Bigfoot. A lot of hunters don't even want to leave their trucks. Some go in one place and stay put. They don't explore. Yeah, some do, but not many. And on the other hand, I've had witnesses, eyewitness accounts, where people have been in their tree stand and had, had Bigfoot sightings. Bigfoot passing by through the woods, right in front of them. People who don't believe in Bigfoot don't look for Bigfoot in the woods. They don't look for Bigfoot evidence. They, then when someone something happens to them that may be Bigfoot related, they can't explain it. They don't give a consideration to the existence of Bigfoot. They don't have the possibility even in their mind. So the events remain a mystery to them. When I started doing Bigfoot research, I knew I had to go in with, uh, with an open mind. But when I opened my eyes and senses to see what all is really out there was when I started finding some evidence. That's when I started finding tracks. It, became, it made me want to learn more about Sasquatch. I wanted to research more. The passion really blew up right here. In my studies, I learned to compare bears and Sasquatches. I believe there are many similarities between their physical characteristics, behavior, diet, feeding habits, and everything else. They are travelers. I've seen a continuous similarity of patterns in where I find bear sign in the woods. I, al I often also find Bigfoot sign. If a person starts to study bears, their activity in their tracks, they may be surprised to find Sasquatch activity in the same area. Here in Virginia, bears are out in full force. Bears are often a source of misidentification. When people think they've seen a Sasquatch, their tracks are all over the place. When I start following the bear sign and tracks, I often come across uh, upon tracks of Sasquatch in the same area. A lot of people see, seem to think that I find too much of one thing and it doesn't add up to them. They might look at it from a jealous state of mind. They might even ask themselves, why is he finding all this stuff and other people aren't? And then some people must be saying to themselves, he must be hoaxing. Now, remember, we talked about hoaxing earlier in the early episode, which we're going to be talking more about that later in upcoming episodes. And I'll repeat it again as stated in this story. No, I am not. I have found the pattern that works for me. It has revealed itself to me as a repeating pattern over the years. Follow the bears and their signs. 
and there will often be squatch activity and signs right there with them. Since this method of exploration works for me, it's something I am going to stick to until another one reveals itself. In one area to which I've been paying a lot of attention and putting this theory to work, I found 16-inch tracks. After I find them, I had to walk all the way back out to my to get my material to make a cast for the track. Then come back into the area. From an area over to the right of where I was working on casting the tracks, I heard a loud, sharp whistle sound. I stopped and looked over there. Things had been dead quiet, and I found it odd to hear such a loud whistle. And I thought to myself, it must have been a bird. Within 15 feet of that location that contained the tracks, I heard a loud tree knock that stopped me in my tracks. I started looking around at the ground in the area. I thought, wow, the Sasquatches are here. They've taken notice of me here, and they are communicating. I thought about the third whistle. Uh, excuse me. I thought about the bird whistle that was so out of place and decided it, it must have been a squatch based on the tracks, the whistle, and the wood knock. I definitely believe there were squatches in that area. I started paying a lot closer attention to in that area. It was in late November or early December that I found the 16-inch tracks. Then I found some smaller tracks. The next time I returned to the area and camped out around the corner from that location, in one specific area, I was looking for, for more tracks. Boy, was I blown away. Not only were there 16-inch tracks, but I measured out 18-inch tracks that were, that were consistent in three of the three to four tracks. I measured the stride between footprints and found them to be around 68 inches apart. I always walk into an area of a suspected activity on alert and being very cautious. I did feel as if I was, if there was something there watching me in the woods several times in that location. In a personal sighting, six friends and I went into that area to do research. We were camping in part of the National Forest in Virginia. We had been to the lake and were coming up the road. I was in front shortly after I was in front and then shortly after midnight we had an encounter. I saw it first and asked myself, what the heck was that? I saw the yellow glow with my headlamp, but thought about the yellow signs that were posted in some of the trees, like, don't go, don't go beyond this point, and so on. For a few seconds, I convinced myself that's all it was, those signs reflecting. Then I saw a blink. My heart started pounding. Next one behind me was Tracy Arnold. I said, Tracy... Get up here. I got eye shine. He came and everyone else caught up. I ran off yeah, I ran off the road where we were walking up. We took notice of there it went it was definitely a juvenile Sasquatch. Alright, I'm reading this off of 
my information that was provided um, to this author that put my in information in the book. Uh, I do not like the way it was worded. Um, I'm going to just tell you my story. Uh, so let me back up, ladies and gentlemen. It was May 3rd, 2014. It was during a week-long camping event. And there were six of us. We explored during the day. We enjoyed ourselves at camp. You know, we found some interesting structures throughout the day. And, you know, some other possibilities of some impressions here and there. Uh, you know, some cool things. Nothing to get too excited about. However, it was the day of May 3rd. After coming back, after exploring pretty much all morning and day. We came back to rest up at night. You know, excuse me, rest up. Till the evening. We had our dinner and did whatever. Then we packed up our gear and stepped out on foot down to the lake. Uh, keep in mind, from the where the campsite was to the lake point where we were was not quite a mile, but close enough. So we spread out around the lake. And keep in mind, it's already evening time. And we spread out. We were in pairs of two. All right. And then, um, it was interesting. I'm going to cut some of this short because it's, a, I feel like it's, it's a long story and I've shared this so many times, but after being spread around the lake in pairs of two, uh, there were some communicating, uh, some vocals that we experimented with and actually got responses with. So, uh, so after a long evening hanging out around the lake, we regrouped, we met back together at the beginning entrance of the lake and, Started back on foot to head back to camp. Now keep in mind, here it is. It's late. It's dark. We all have our headlamps on now. And we're headed back to the campsite. We're walking in a single file line. Now as we're walking up, we're talking. We're not trying to be quiet. We're, our, our goal, our mission was just to get back to camp. But keep in mind, we're walking a single file line. I'm leading the group. And as I'm walking up, we started noticing some, some deers. Uh, there was one deer on the right side of the road. Uh, the eye shine of the deer was very obvious, and there was nothing really else to see. Just that it was interesting that the deer was very close to us, but walking nonchalantly, taking its time. It didn't appear to be frightened because it slowly worked its way off into the further into the darkness. Which I found out to be a little interesting. Uh, because here's what happens next after seeing that. Just about maybe a minute after seeing that. On the opposite side of the forest road walking out from the lake. On the left hand side walking out. Something else catches my attention. Something yellow. Something that my headlamp was reflecting off of. Um, the immediate thought was it was one of those yellow reflector signs. That's on the on a lot of the trees out there in the national forest. So, and then I, I'm staring at it, and then all of a sudden I realized once my eyes became focused and seeing that it blinked, I was convinced there was an animal there or something with two eyes. So, the first thing I did was turn back behind me, and Tracy was the next one behind me. I said, Tracy. The first question I asked while pointing at the eye shine, 
Keep in mind, the eye shine was kind of low, and they were large, yellow, with a hint of amber, but I remember more yellow than anything. And I said to Tracy, I said, is that a freaking mountain lion? And all of a sudden, it disappeared. Like, it closed its eyes and wa or went to the side and ran off. But Tracy got the rest of the group up there and said, guys, get up here. We got some eye shine going on up here. So... Right after this, we all grouped together. We get up to that spot. That was only about 20 feet, 20, 30 feet from where we were observing this. We all get up there and get in that spot. Keep in mind, we all have headlamps on. And it's just after midnight. And we're all looking back into that section of woods where that set of eyeshine was. And then, boom, we see it again all by itself. About 20, 30 feet. I'm going to say more around between 20, 25 feet. But it was there it was all by itself. We noticed the eye shine and nothing about the eye shine. And we noticed it had a swaying motion. It kept blinking its eyes, but it kept swaying real fast side to side. What the heck was this that we were looking at? I don't know. You know, and keep in mind for the record, no, Sasquatch was not on the mind. I was kind of struck. I was kind of like puzzled. And then it got a little interesting. About five, six feet to the right of that one was another subject with the same color eye shine. Keep in mind, this first subject was only around four feet tall. This, another, this next subject with the same color eye shine, very large looking eyes. This set of eye shine was around six feet tall. So four feet and six feet now. We got two subjects. And we're staring at the bigger subject, too, and it's blinking its eyes. We're not seeing no shape, no details, no physical features whatsoever, except for their eye shine reflection from our headlamps. And this is still not making no sense. This is still not making no sense whatsoever, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. It was really puzzling. And, again, I was not thinking Bigfoot. I was not thinking Sasquatch, whatever. And at this time, I don't recall anyone else saying anything either. Because now the, the small subject, the four-foot one, was still swaying side to side. The taller subject was staying still with an occasional blink of its eyes. So keep in mind, we're observing this maybe about two, three minutes. And then, ladies and gentlemen, it gets a lot more interesting. Extremely interesting. Of course, for me, it was very. this was a very exciting moment. Uh, I shared this story so many times. This may not sound exciting to you, but from what we observed, it was quite interesting and quite fascinating to me. So after observing the two of these subjects, there was some thick brush, and keep in mind, there was a lot of trees. But the trees were somewhat spaced out, but there was more thick brush and debris in there. We noticed another set of eye shine that was very low, and I noticed it. And Tracy noticed it, but from my observation, from as low as it was, it slowly started raising up and raising up and getting taller and getting taller and getting taller. And then when it comes to a stop, it's easily towering over top of the six foot one by two feet. And now here it is. This is really getting crazy. Now, yes, in my mind, Sasquatch popped up. But I, I didn't say nothing. 
we noticed we had three subjects now with the same color eye shine at three different levels of height. Four feet, six feet, and now eight feet. And I believe it was Tracy Arnold who's the one who spoke up and said, guys, I think we got squatches right here. And I'm thinking that too, so much more now. And they were just standing there, not making no noise. We're not seeing no physical features whatsoever. And then after seeing this, the tall one, yes, the tall one blinked its eyes a few times too. And I'm, I'm puzzled. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking Sasquatch, but still something's not making sense. I don't understand with our headlamps. Why aren't we seeing anything? Why aren't we seeing physical features? Well, here's what I'm thinking, because it was dark. It was pitch black. This is after midnight. Yes, our headlamps are shining in there. We're picking up the eye shine. The only thing I could think of is that their hair or fur was jet black. And it was blending in with the darkness of the night. To me, that's the only thing that makes clear sense. Um, but here's something that got interesting. That tall subject... It, it it made a maneuver. It turned to its left and took a step or two and then turned back facing us. And when it made this maneuver, Tracy says he remembers this. I will never forget it. But when it made this maneuver, the silhouette shape of wide, uh, broad, wide shoulders and a big round head was made out of this maneuver with the little bit of light that we had from our headlamps. And I am very excited. I was getting very excited. Uh, a couple of us were making some noises. Not me, but, you know, we were all talking. Uh, nobody sound, you know, seemed scared or nervous. Uh, there was an older couple with us. Uh, I, I do believe Kimmy, she kind of made a little um, um, mention of her being scared or nervous, which was fine. It's to be expected, but... I think because it was six of us total, I don't know. I didn't feel no fear. I didn't feel scared whatsoever. But that night, after they, these subjects, after observing them, they all did disappear. They turned off and went further into a darkness. And after they disappeared, we continued back on foot to head back to camp. But as we're walking on the gravel road, you could hear an occasional like limb snap or something from whatever is being walked on in the woods. So, you know, we had that fear of, well, I shouldn't say we, but uh, again, Kimmy, she's like, guys, they're following us. They're following us. Uh, I don't think they were. I think they were just walking through the woods because that's what's in the woods. You got limbs and trees and debris on the ground. You, Yeah, you're going to hear limb snap. You know, if they're bipedal, you know, you can't really avoid that, especially in the dark, you know. But anyway, the, again, even after we walked off, I didn't get scared. I was very relaxed feeling. I was, I don't know. I, I just can't explain it. But I can tell you, I honestly was not scared at, at all. But ladies and gentlemen, when I got back to camp, well, when we all got back to camp, uh, we were still talking about it. We were still trying to debunk it. And for the record, me and Tracy Arnold were the only ones with backpacks. And in our backpacks, we had night vision binoculars. Yes, we had night vision in our backpacks. But not once did we ever think about bringing them out to get a better observation, a better view, 
you know, with so we could have a better description to share. Um, again, I guess being caught up in that moment, the thought never did cross my mind. Apparently, I never crossed Tracy's mind. But that was a very interesting encounter. Um, and for the record, yes, we did go back the next day to that very spot. And we did a height comparison. And we were pretty much on point and accurate with the heights. So, um, and also for the record, I've camped across from this area numerous times over the years. Um, yes, I have found tracks. And yes, there's been a lot of activity and interesting things that happen at night in that area. Loud, powerful tree knocks. You can hear them right from the camp. And so much more. Um, I've heard whoops and howls and all kinds of weird moans from that area. Um, that's part of my main research area, also known as Ekbro Zone 1. Yes, my research area is broken up into a few different zones. But it's something I'll never forget, ladies and gentlemen. It was interesting. Yes, I've had other experiences, which I can get into at a later date and time. Uh, not as cool as that, but they are cool. Uh, things that you may be interested in because they did happen in the general that same general area so but yeah guys enough of me you know uh, just blabbing on right now there's so much more to talk about later but uh, I just wanted to share that little short bio and story and information about me um, something I wanted to throw out there for you guys uh, I hope you guys are enjoying ECBRO Bigfoot Radio if you have any questions, you can send emails to ecbro98 at gmail.com. And until uh, next time, guys, keep it squatching, my friends. And share the radio channel and tell your friends about it. Uh, if you guys are bored and need something to listen to, hey, here you go. ECBRO Bigfoot Radio. Good night, guys.